Hello and welcome to your daily dose of commentary. Today we start with the topic, XQC mocks those who hates that he does reaction content. So this tweet by Neo got some traction. This video shows XQC reacting to my video. He leaves the room five seconds into the video and then returns 10 minutes later, making a mockery out of the fact that he is not reacting. Buildings have merged into Southy comes back up 10 minutes. Allowed various Do not pose this to YouTube. For the lack of react, for the lack of react, boom! Metal pipes, cement, football, goal at the back. Wait a minute, chat. Wait a minute, chat. Hold up. I think this is a this is a very rare copper alloy right there, chat. Somebody, chat, pull. Hey, chat. Give me a zoom in on this and do a, a full infrastructural review of the material. Yeah, so he's just he's just mocking the whole situation that he wasn't in the room for it. But as I often say, if he was in the room, it would still be shit and shouldn't exist. He doesn't know what's in the video. He hasn't seen anything before. He doesn't know that he has any real insight to be able to add. He's not doing any creative work. He's not transforming the product in some capacity. He's just sitting and watching a YouTube video. And that goes with every single reaction that happens on this goddamn platform. How many times do people like go, pause the video, speak for five minutes about something, and then unpause the video, and the video itself explains that whole thing that they just explained. Because if you haven't seen the video beforehand, you don't know what the video is fully about, what's in it, what it covers, what it does not cover. And so your first time reaction to it does not give you uh, insightful commentary. It is just you watching a video with your friends being like, hey, yo, her ass is nice. And that's not creative work. My response to this was actually inspired by someone in my Discord who I hope my mods got their name, so I'm going to give them a sub. This isn't exactly what the person said, but I put my spin on it. So in response to this whole scenario with XQC, I said, comments last year. It's gross artists are having their art taken and made into NFTs without consent or payment. Also, uncreative scumbags can make money and avoid work. Today, who cares if uncreative React streamers take your videos without consent or payment so they can avoid work and make money? Shut up, it doesn't affect you. Mr. Beast says they should be happy to be robbed. I really wish Mr. Beast would just shut the fuck up and stop saying to people, hey, yo, just let people repost all your videos wherever the fuck they want. It's in your best interest. Like, I know he has a React channel and I know worrying about the market effect of this content is where you have to actually reflect on it a lot. But like, he's a very influential guy being like, yo, man, usually don't expect consent or payment for anything that you do. Just work for free. Even if he's just talking about himself, he should be aware that his viewers will run around being like, hey, yo, man, Mr. Beast says you should be happy to be ripped off, bro. Neo also shows down here, some say that streamers watching a video will lead to more views and promotion. The entire video, except the sponsor end that pays my bills, was shown on stream. So there is no need for people to look up my video after. Where in this graph do I find the XQC bump? And there's just, it's just flat. There's nothing. People are like, oh man, people from Twitch, uh, if you react to the videos, man, they go to YouTube, man, and then they watch YouTube. It's like, yeah, then why does Twitch's viewership not go down over time? <laughs> why do react streamers not just have their views nosedive? while they're reacting to stuff, because those viewers are just being spread everywhere. They're just running to YouTube to watch the video that they just saw. Doesn't happen, because it's nonsense. What small amount of people go over, they hit a like, hit a comment, and immediately come back, because they don't want to miss out on the rest of the stream content, which competes with YouTube and its videos. Jax Films exposes Sniper Wolf's reaction content practices. There's a bit more in the whole anti-react discourse that, again, very hard to tell if it's actually doing anything because the sort of people who will watch this sort of content are not necessarily those who would be receptive to arguments as to why it's exploitative and harmful or just generally unfair, unjust, all that jazz. Because as I've said before, you probably don't need much to look at a guy watching a YouTube video for hours on end and to be able to conclude that it's probably not a great thing, right? So Jack from Jack's Films 
has long been against reaction content. It was around in 2016 uh, when a lot of big creators were calling it out. Many of those creators now, like Pyrocynical, do reaction content themselves, realizing that, hey, fighting for what is right is uh, somewhat a fool's errand when you can make fuck tons of money re-uploading other people's videos. Ain't that right, Pyro? You scumbag. So Jack released a video talking about Snapwolf. We covered it a little bit when they were having a bit of a feud on Twitter. And watch the video. It's nothing that I haven't said myself before. He just talks about how basically he reaches out to the people who Snapwolf reacts to. None of them were asked for permission. In many cases, they weren't even aware that they were being reacted to. He talks about how there's no credit given, no links to the original creators. And in, in one case, he clicks one of their videos and it has like a million views. But the original creator getting like 20 views per TikTok or something. One of the things that makes Jack irate about this is not simply that he doesn't like the content and that he considers it to be harmful, unfair, in some ways the death of creativity, but also that YouTube promotes it, or at least the YouTube Twitter account did, suggesting that it's something worthy of admiration, or this is in some way creativity, snipe off watching TikToks and then describing what's in the TikTok and moving on. Obviously, I'm not doing the video justice, but obviously I agree with everything in it. Mirrors many of my own criticisms, although it doesn't go as far as I do in some cases. And as I say, most of my criticism of reaction content has focused on entire productions, entire videos. I have not really focused on clips or TikToks and all that jazz. I in fact specifically left it out because I felt like there was more ambiguity in how a person could use clips in transformative ways. But obviously these people who just bring together a bunch of random TikToks and make faces at them are not doing something creative there. It's all garbage, and I agree, which probably doesn't surprise you, right? If the GTA 6 announcement doesn't come out this fall, I will ban this person. So occasionally, viewers in chat will say stupid things with the full expectation that they won't be seen by anyone or make grandiose claims or whatever. And this is one of them that happened like many, many months ago, but my mods have kept it all this time. From G. William Harrison B. My prediction for GTA 6 announcement is 2023 fall, no guarantee, but October, mods ban me if it doesn't get announced in fall. So they set a reminder specifically for this time. So if it doesn't get announced, this dude is going to be banned. I find that so funny. My mods holding the viewers accountable for their claims. Rockstar clarifies GTA 5 YouTube copyright policy. So I already knew most of this, but my mods didn't know this. So I'm just going to include it in rambles because maybe you didn't know either. So 10 years ago, Rockstar clarified their stance in regards to using GTA 5 on YouTube and what kind of content you can make. I'm largely just going to read the article because it is like 10 years old now. <laughs> to my knowledge, they haven't changed in any way and the TOS hasn't changed. So Rockstar has clarified a stance on posting videos of Grand Theft Auto 5 to YouTube and other video streaming sites, stating that although it is happy for fans to upload footage of their gameplay, it will not allow any spoilers or in-game TV shows to be posted online. In a post on the publisher's support site, which is this here, Rockstar said that generally Take-Two Interactive does not object to fans using material for non-commercial uses in a manner which does not intentionally spoil the plot for others. So I knew this, but I was like, what do they mean by non-commercial uses? Does running ads on these videos mean that this is a commercial use? I am making money off video footage. It goes on though. The publisher describes commercial use as using the footage to sell site membership or to promote a product you sell on the site, like a shirt or wallpaper. And I'm like, so that's not ads, but on Twitch, are subscriptions that? I don't know. Like clearly Rockstar in the last 10 years has never further clarified this or despite endless opportunities, taken down anyone's content. So if they have some issue with this, they clearly don't have any desire to act on it. 
So either what we do is within these guidelines or they just don't want to act for some other reason. After 10 years, I mean, if they really had an issue with what we were doing, they would say something, right? We're happy for fans to upload footage of their gameplay. We love seeing machinima from our games and even share some of it with our fans on the Rockstar Newswire from time to time. We do have just a few guidelines that we ask you to follow if you are going to post or stream on video sharing sites. And so this stuff is really only relevant when the game was like new. So pre-release footage, spoilers of the story and whatnot. Like they don't like cutscene movies, for example. Posting videos showing the ending of the game, pure cutscenes or any other big reveal in the story. It's okay to show cutscenes as part of a larger playthrough or in a narrated let's play type video, but isolated videos of the game's cinematics will be removed. They say this, but this has never happened. There are many cutscene movies now on YouTube, even by GTA series video. So clearly, this policy, which does exist in their TOS here, even if they don't like cutscene movies, even that they're not willing to take down. I've said before that the TOS gives a broad license for people to use GTA's content and repost it via live streaming or on YouTube. And I found this interesting because I had never seen any sort of clarification on what they meant by commercial uses. And it actually gives some clarification here. So maybe you find that interesting, maybe you won't. Yeah, more than likely, as you say, 90, Rockstar was probably a bit harsher on cutscene movies, like towards the initial release of the game, and maybe aren't so now. With that being said, though, my first interaction with GTA 5 was watching a cutscene movie for the game on YouTube. Is Rockstar's drip feed content and limited car releases a cause for concern? Obviously, I'd rather they make a lot of stuff and therefore don't feel the need to drip feed anything. But I'd rather they put as much effort as possible into GTA 6 rather than dedicating additional time to GTA 5. If this drip feed system is what they need to keep GTA Online chugging along while they're working on GTA 6, then I'm fine with it. I don't know about the inner workings of Rockstar and therefore I can't make better suggestions for what they should be doing. I don't think having limited time vehicles is particularly good for the player base. But then again, I'm not sure how impactful new vehicles are like, are there really people who care about buying every single vehicle? I mean, it's just not good in general. It's just a question of, like, how many people does that really impact? How many people are like, I gotta buy every new vehicle, man. Yes, me. So there are people like that. I don't understand that mindset. All the cars just seem the same to me. But yeah, for such people, that's not a good thing. Artificial scarcity of digital items is not something I'm necessarily against as long as they're always accessible at least in some way because obviously everything doesn't have to be like available to everyone all the time it's good sometimes to have like rare items that you can only get in particular ways if you complete particular challenges or you get lucky in some context that can bring spice to online games that are you know, they'd be quite boring without having such a short timed window for something is a little bit scummy, right? But let's say like they gave you three months to get a car or something. At that point, it'd be like, well, if you're not getting it in that window, I mean, it's, it's kind of on you, right? It's more than enough time. Yeah, because I suppose you can't expect them to have every single thing in the game available at all times forever. Oh yeah, to be clear, they're doing it like a week for these cars that they're taking out of the game. And that's obviously not good. I really like the idea of super limited items slash weapons. You can only obtain through supreme feats. I know hackers would just ruin it. Very true. And I'm not sure I would like that in a game with PvP. Like at that point, you're giving your player base, who's very good at the game, even more powerful things so that they can dominate newer players. <laughs> Twitch has started to roll out its TikTok-like feature. Twitch has started to roll out their clips discoverability feature. Starting August 1st, streamers and their editors will be able to select clips to be featured on the streamer's channel offline channel page. These clips will be prioritized and shown first 
on your offline page. Starting August 8th, the TikTok-like feature, Twitch Stories, will begin as an experiment for select users on a new mobile-only browse tab, which again will prioritize clips marked as featured, but other unfeatured clips will also be shown. You will also have analytics for these clips, very much like your stream stats. You will be able to see clips views, minutes watched, follows, average views, and time streamed. You will also be able to compare between featured clips and unfeatured clips. This is an experimental feature, but will be available for all streamers later this year. Twitch recommends you feature your most viewed clips, but we have been preparing for this. Here's a link to the clip sheet if you wanted to show it on stream. Yeah, so I've had some of my mods go through all my clips and find like the best ones. That is uh, this list here. I can't remember how many there were, like 20,000 or something. There's only uh, 423 that are pretty good in themselves. It only goes back to like 2020. It's interesting that this isn't gonna roll out for everyone at the same time, because they're not just gonna give it to small streamers, right? Because they wanna have like the popular people. But it would suck if they give it to just a select amount of popular people, and then they get the growth or whatever that this might inspire, and everyone else just gets screwed like normal. Still, we're prepared for it, so hopefully we get something out of it. I have never been so unintentionally savaged in all my life. At times, people will leave comments on GT Guesser videos telling me that I should challenge certain people. And this one was, I think, unintentionally funny. Viper should invite Vanos for this challenge. Speedrunner versus Entertainer. Because <laughs> the implication is that speedrunners aren't entertainers, or that at least I'm not an entertainer. <laughs> so I said, I've never been so unintentionally savaged in all my life. At least I think it was unintentional. Goddamn. <laughs> Will GTA 6 release on GTA 5's 10 year anniversary? So as you guys know, I'm a pretty funny guy and I make some pretty funny jokes. And I like this joke. As you know, the GTA 5 10th anniversary is coming up soon. It's in September. And so I tweeted this out. Despite speculation otherwise, GTA 6 will not release on GTA 5's 10th anniversary. However, I can confirm that GTA 6's first anniversary will occur one year after its release date. Source, I am a voice actor for GTA 6. Giving people all the hard-hitting information, the stuff that they need to know, using my inside connections that I've got now. You're welcome, chat. Will I revisit GTA 5 speedrunning in the future? Next stream, we want a snow run. You don't want to see me casually playing through GTA 5. It wouldn't be interesting for you. I'm way out of practice in regards to speedrunning strats, and it would take a ridiculous amount of time to get to anywhere close to back up to form. I'm not even sure I want to at this stage. It is annoying that I can't implement like new strategies that are found and stuff. Cause ev every week something is found somewhere that's uh, an optimization to some category, right? Like this, for example. It'd be hard to see what he's doing here, but I'll explain it after a shot. So this is triathlon one. Where did that bike come from? How is he riding a bike up to the bikes? It turns out that when you get this checkpoint back here, when you like warp back to it by holding F, it warps you onto a bike. And so rather than running this distance to this bike and even doing the animation to get on the bike, you just warp onto one. So it saves a bunch of time and it does as well in triathlon too, I think. These small optimizations that can save multiple seconds over the course of runs, uh, they're found all the time. Even after all this time with as many runners as there are, simple things like that are still found. I mentioned that I don't enjoy speedrunning anymore, right? It's not that I don't enjoy it, it's that I don't have time or the drive to dedicate myself to it like I used to. I'd much rather dedicate myself to speedrunning things in GT Online when that's possible, simply because the runs are shorter and it's more new to me. Will I play GTA San Andreas again? 
Will you play old GTA parts again? For example, long San Andreas video. When I think about playing San Andreas again, I'm like, why would I play the demastered version or whatever? Like it, it just looks so much worse and has so many more glitches and they've removed content in some cases. Like why wouldn't I just play the original? I think Vice City was the best of them. Like I think playing the original with a couple of mods is probably better. It'd be a lot of effort to play that again. Like I've played through the games before. I'm sure me playing them again would do well. It's, there's a lot of games that I haven't played, like all the Hitman games, for example, which I'd rather play through. Should individuals have the right to express themselves without limitation? Hey, I'm a big fan of your rambles and I recently thought of the problem with free speech. Should people be able to say whatever they want whenever they want? I know this seems out of place, but here in Poland, they may be passing a law where criticism of the Polish Pope can be restricted illegal. He basically knew about the pedophilia in the Catholic Church and didn't say anything about it. So-called anti-blasphemy laws are not common these days, but you have them in a lot of uh, like Middle Eastern countries and most Western countries had them at some point. There may be some that still have them, in fact. Obviously, I don't agree with such things. In that particular example you're giving, like a preventing criticism of people who justifiably deserve to be criticized is obviously not a good reason to make a law. Do I think there are some contexts where limitations on free speech should apply? Uh, yeah, absolutely. There's a difference between communicating your thoughts in a constructive manner and attempting to say things specifically with the goal of making other people's lives worse. Obviously, the example always being um, calling fire in a crowded theater. It was actually funny, um, Legal Eagle made a very strange video about that recently. Legal Eagle made this, made this video, the First Amendment doesn't say that, where he mocks people who say that you can't yell fire in a crowded theater. Him suggesting that the claim is you can't say fire in a crowded theater regardless of the circumstances. There's a fire going on. You can't yell fire. It's, it's against the rules. You can't do it. First Amendment doesn't allow you to do it in America. You can't do it. But in reality, as people point out in the comments, I always took yelling fire in a crowded theater as a metaphor for inciting panic for malicious reasons, aka trying to cause harm via inciting panic. That's, that's true. Legal Eagle, I'm not sure if he intentionally did it, but he misunderstood the purpose of that phrase. Obviously, people aren't saying there aren't some context in a crowded theater where you can justifiably yell fire. It's that you shouldn't legally be able to incite panic for no other reason than to do so and to cause people distress and harm. Free speech protects criticism of the government and keeps you from being targeted by companies, as far as I can tell. Oh, so there's two different things. There's the philosophy of freedom of speech and laws surrounding the idea of freedom of speech. For example, the Constitution in America. So you have constitutional rights to freedom of speech that largely talks about your ability to speak without being censored or restricted by the government. But even in America, the Supreme Court has ruled that the government can restrict your speech in some context. I don't want to say specifically what those contexts are, but I know such rulings have been made. But then there's the, the idea, the philosophy of freedom of speech, where it talks about the idea of like, generally for a, a healthy progressing society, people should be as free as possible to speak their minds. But what that exactly entails depends on the person, right? Because some people will label like the consequences of saying something particularly dumb as limiting free speech. As in like, if you say something ridiculously dumb on Twitter and people dogpile you and say, get off the fucking platform, you tosser. This person will be like, oh, you're limiting my free speech. In reality, it's like you've said something stupid and people are rightly criticizing you for that and telling you to fuck off. That's just the consequences of saying something dumb. And that's going to happen regardless of the year you, you, you say something. Like, there's always going to be some people who are going to call you a, a fuckwit if you say something particularly dumb. The Spinning Seal is the most controversial video ever. 
Have you seen the new controversial video with that spinning seal? Uh, what are you talking about, Quinn? You're making a meme here, aren't you, Quinn? Search 10 hour long spinning seal meme. You're talking about this, right? Are you unaware that this music and even the spinning seal itself appears in my content? We used to listen to this song all the time. I believe in one of the How This Even Ended episodes, I have a place a helicopter with a spinning seal. Or something. You've never seen the seal? It's a pretty old meme at this point. I think it was pretty big on Twitch for a while. That's why it has 12 million views. Obviously, I'm still healing from that savaging, and a way you could help me is by hitting that like and subscribe button. I wish you all the best.